welcome back to the That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, author and life coach Natalie walker Brimbaugh. and this week I've been thinking about how easy it is to keep pushing through and attempting to make a difference in our lives when all we really need is to stand still. We need to wait and just be allowing the things into our lives instead of forcing them in. Reflecting if the hustle is what we want, is what we're striving for even that important to us anymore. When did we become so far removed from ourselves? When did we become driven by our egos and specific versions of what we think our lives should be? When did we decide that our importance is based on our productivity or our status? Why do we find it so hard to appreciate our own versions and views of ourselves? To put ourselves at the top of our own lists? We would rather suffer the irritation and upset than be perceived as incapable. When our capability measurement tools are all wrong. Sometimes standing still helps us correct our course, our priorities and our views. Standing still is not evil, but is the necessary that we all need. Now, our guest today is Deborah Jay, and after talking to her about intuitive guidance, the standing still seems more important than ever. I really hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I enjoyed speaking to her. Have a lovely week. Hello, and welcome back to the That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host, Nat. And today we've got the amazing Deborah Jay from Ireland, an intuitive coach who uses a unique soul navigation system of astrology, coaching and intuitive guidance to help women navigate life with clarity, meaning and purpose. Hello, Deborah, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. It's good to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so excited to chat to you. Um, but first, I'd like to know more about how did your passion for this come about? So with the self-healing and particularly I'm really interested in into, the, into your intuition. How does that show up for you and manifest? Just, yeah. How did you get into it and how does it show up for you? Um, I'd say the best way of probably explaining it is to kind of give you a little bit of background about me and kind of where things kicked off for me. Oh, I'd yes, say... Please. I'd say I was I was pretty awake as a kid. I was always the kind of um, I'd be lying in bed kind of going, you know, what's this whole life thing about? And very aware of myself, wondering about myself, wondering about myself, like, you know, the bigger questions yeah. in life was a very small little thing. And then somewhere between, I'd say, my teens to say early 30s like I feel like I kind of fell asleep at the wheel of my own life um, mm-hmm. and was on autopilot and you know just doing the same thing everybody else was doing and trying to get a job and college and do all that kind of stuff um and in 2015 my dad died quite suddenly on Christmas Eve 2015 he left left a a decent memory behind him um and about 10 months later I was engaged at the time and about 10 months later I discovered my fiance of uh, five and a half years had been living a complete double life that I didn't know about wow so that was a nice that's quite that's quite a year isn't it 
Yeah, but do you know what? It was it was really horrendous. I know I sound a lot more upbeat about it now. It was it genuinely woke me up um because and it was one of the best things that happened to me because it it woke me up. At the time my life fell apart, do you know, like the main men in my life disappeared and uh, my job was really stressful and everything fell apart and I was somebody who on the outside would look quite content and happy, but I struggled a lot internally with what I call the darkness. And oh, I can resonate with you, Deborah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and for me, I often just didn't want to be here and not in a very like, you know, people think of, you know, the whole ending your life thing as mm. if you if you've never been there it's very hard to understand but I often have felt like you know I just I find here really really heavy really really tough very thick and sludgy with emotions and always had this kind of longing to go home it was more like a longing to kind of go home versus it being for any other reason so mm. when all that kind of stuff happened I I remember I remember sitting in my bed and being like okay that's it just take me like I'm done do you know what else is mm. there I just don't have anything else and I remember kind of you know talking into the dark and kind of going okay just you have to give me something or I'm done I just can't do this and uh, the word travel came into my head and I was like oh my god I could go traveling so that was what kind of that's where it all began, because I ended up going off to do ayahuasca in Peru. I ended up living with shamans in both Peru and Colombia. Um, I ended up studying very accidentally when I went traveling. It was really to get away and escape my life because I just didn't recognize anything. So I was like, I need to just get away. Mm. Um and for me, it was it was it was a hero's journey. I really didn't intend on doing half the things I ended up doing, but I ended up studying uh, a bit of acupressure in Australia, herbal me- along with herbal medicine, herbal medicine in every country I went to um, and kind of like indigenous um, kind of local medicines or whatever. Uh, I studied uh, reflexology in Indonesia. I studied uh, meditation and Ayurvedic herbology in India and did Vipassana there for a month as well and ended up going back then over to um, um, South America and doing uh, master plants ethnobotany um, uh, internship there and I ended up finishing off my travels in Scotland doing a herbal med- medicine apprenticeship so I've what a of- journey what an education I know it was incredible and I was really in flow um, mm. I to be honest with you to kind of explain a little bit why I'm telling you all this this was basically my awakening because I, for years, I just didn't know myself. I really wasn't aware that I didn't know myself. I wasn't aware of why I was so miserable. Like no matter, I I was doing so much self-help and reading books. I had studied a bit of hypnotherapy and psychotherapy. I had been doing loads of different courses. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I couldn't get behind one thing and move it forward. Um, I wanted to do 20 different things. Um, And I just didn't know myself um I really really didn't know myself but I didn't know that I didn't when you know didn't myself. know mm. and really it was when I went traveling and I had nobody else with me and I was like mm, get you look at all this travel you're doing like you're doing study you're not even going to museums or like you know <laughs> going on the lash and kind of drinking your money away like for me it was I wanted to spend every bit of money I had on courses, on learning, on wisdom, on reconnecting the generations of wisdom, of tapping into nature, climbing volcanoes. I was nearly killed by a volcano. Um, so, yeah, you've got for some me, great stories, Deborah. I know, I know. So, so that was basically my the beginning of my awakening. 
um, I started to realize I, I, I was like, oh, I'm a totally different person to who I thought I was. And I actually also, Natalie, um, realized the friendships that I had at home, they weren't what I thought they were. Now, it was no fault to yeah. the people that I was friends with. It was my fault because I had, you know, like attracts like. And so yes. when and your vibration, yeah. Yeah. And when you're in a state of not knowing who you are, you're going to attract people who are going to, you know, um, they're going to put you into a state of, of, of pressure so that you have to know yourself. Um, and for years, that darkness and that, you know, that lack of fulfillment and that hating on myself, I hated on myself a lot. I just didn't know that I was meant to ask other questions to get out of there. I just didn't know how to get out because nobody was showing me how to get out. So when I did all this travel, I essentially just got to know who I was. And when I came home, um, I cut away all my old friendships because they just didn't resonate with me anymore. And I basically started from ground zero all over again. God, was um, that tough, Deborah? Do you know what? It wasn't because I had just spent, um, you know, all the time when I was backpacking around the world, I'd spent all that time alone. And I was in such a good and happy place that I didn't want to go back there. And it wasn't that I wasn't facing it because that's, you know, we can't run away from stuff because it will come back to haunt you um, or it'll come back, you know, until you deal with it. So yeah. it was hard in that it was, you know, you're letting go of that. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's the best thing I've ever done because now I'm kind of, I'm building up my life from an energetic standpoint of where, where I resonate with. And I'm only attracting people into my life who are, coming from the same space you know gosh I'm a bit like I do have so many questions I don't even know where to start so <laughs> when when you start so we I think a lot of us can resonate with almost the awakening we get to that point and sometimes though we get to a point where we feel like we know ourselves and sometimes it's really difficult to push that final step into like living who we are does that mm -hmm. make sense like actually yeah. feeling it and like becoming it how did you get into what you do now and say right you know, this is, this is part of what I want to do. This is part of who I am. I can't hide away from it anymore. I feel this process is a never ending process. I feel the self. Oh, I industry, agree. It's a huge industry. I feel there's a lot of glass ceilings personally in it. Mm. I think that it takes you so far, but it's failing to take people past where they need to go. And I feel that that's shadow work. Um, so for me to move um, to kind of bring it into my life and make it real, I was, I just knew that there was something more. I could feel it now that I knew I knew what it was like to be happy. Um, yeah. I now knew that the lack of fulfillment, I knew what it was relating to. And for me, it was to do with my life purpose. For me, it was to do with, um, you know, serving. And actually what I did, Natalie, was I looked at nature. Nature has all mm. the answers. When everything is falling apart, when everything is falling apart, if you look at nature, nature is so untouched by man. The trees grow, the birds um, fly, you know, the bees pollinate, um, animals go around do their thing. Everything that's not human, it has a rhythm to it. And yeah. humans don't live in a rhythm. In fact, we're totally living to somebody else's rhythm. And when I began to see that I was living to the rhythm of my external environment, 
it started to become very apparent what I needed to do was just to do more work on myself. So I stopped watching the news. I stopped reading newspapers. I stopped listening to pop songs. Pop songs are all about being codependent and I'm not good enough and you're not good enough. And it's Mm -hmm. all very polarizing and you don't realize what's going into your mind. And I sound like I'm being very, um, I don't know, maybe hippie-ish or something. I don't know, but it's, I can tell you when I was doing the ayahuasca, one of the first things I said was that, um, you know, before you come here to do ayahuasca, you have to go off all media because of the negativity. Conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, what was that like? Sorry, I know I'm flitting through. What was the ayahuasca like? I've heard so much about it. What was that experience like for you? Oh, it was amazing. God, you'd need a whole other podcast to talk about. But it was uh, it was really amazing. It was the transformation I needed. I was there for a maybe I did about eight or ten ceremonies. I think maybe about ten ceremonies. Mm. Um, and I had groups come and go in the time that I was there. And I used to get very frustrated because people would come and do one ceremony and be like, "Oh, I found what I needed, and it's amazing. My life has changed." And I'd be like rocking on my hammock, going, "No, yeah, yeah." Um, and I will say ayahuasca, it doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what, what you need. need. I yeah. knew you were going to say that, Deborah. I was thinking, yeah. oh, because going back to shadow work, is that linked then, do you think? I feel that a lot of what happened happened as a result of my hitting the big re- red reset button with ayahuasca. Mm. Um, does everybody need to do that to do it? No, absolutely. You just need somebody who's come through it to be able to guide you. Um, and I kind of yeah. see that as in the work that I do. That's what I do with people. I kind of see myself like as mentor that road. Yeah. Like I see myself as the the old crone at the edge of the village that holds a lantern into the, <laughs> you know, into the forest to show people their their path through, you know, Um because for me, as I said, nature is my map. You know, I use astrology. That's a map of nature. Yes. Um, and I use we have so many signposts and messages on a daily minute by minute basis that is teaching us how to course correct. And we have been we've just lost the ability to speak that language. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people interpret their world again, because we've just become disconnected from that. We've lost the ability to interpret the signals, you know, repetitive patterns or bad relationships or things that trigger you or people that irritate and frustrate you or challenges that you meet. They're all signposts and they're filled with gold. And when we can start to look at them in that light, your whole life changes because things don't become a problem anymore. Yes, they'll cause you upset and pain, but you now know how to use that to move forward, you know? And that's and shadow it, work. And is there one thing, or if, you can probably be more than one, but is there something you think, if you just even did this to start with, this would support you to look at these things, as, to look at this gold in a different way? Yeah, like there's lots, it depends on, I find it depends on the person because it depends yeah. on, like we're, we, again, we live in a society where it's like this one thing will be able to fix everybody. Mm. And the one thing, the one thing that I see when I'm looking at, um, people's astrology their birth chart everybody's so completely different so I have some people who come to me and they're like oh I'm really good at starting things and I can never finish them and I feel really bad because Mary down the road she's really really good at doing it that's because your chart actually says that you're good at starting but not good at finishing and when people can then see that they're like oh really oh my god like so (laughs) 
we're trying to fix things in ourselves that are not broken. So the first thing that people can do is begin to understand that if you've spent a lifetime trying to fix certain parts of yourself and it's not changing, what it's you need to understand is that's part of who you are and you need mm. to then understand who you're not, allow that to fall away and make peace and integrate the parts of you that are you and uniquely you. That's like one of the first very very first steps and it's not easy to do you know it's simple but it's not easy <laughs> especially when we've been like we say conditioned to believe we're one way or we should in inverted commas be one way it's very difficult to find you know to work out who we are based on real terms and who we look at you know unapologetically and without a rose-tinted lens about what we should or could be yeah like I think this is the thing we're, we're born into a world which is from the very moment that you're born you're told what to eat what to drink how to sleep how you know what food or is good or bad for you what to wear how to be how not to be how to be accepted and not rejected and and it's a very externalized um type of way of living so we're constantly yeah. living in a in a state of am i accepted um, and again, if you go back to looking at nature, you look at birds in the, you know, birds in the trees, they don't, they're not looking at TV commercials to know what, what's the best bird seed to eat and what feathers should I wear today? I'm comparing and how, how myself get to, the, to the bird down the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why does that bird, why does that bird <laughs> fly higher like, than me? Yeah. <laughs> um, and even to like, how do I fly out of the nest? Like that's a miracle they can fly out of the nest, the nest, you know, and and it's because they've not been um, conditioned externally away from their inner wisdom. Like big, one of the biggest, I say there's three pillars to the work that I do. Mm -hmm. The first is uncovering your true self, which is um, to actively stop rejecting yourself and stop fixing yourself and learn how to integrate it. That's the first thing that I do with people. The second part is to reconnect with our inner wisdom. So what does that mean? It means to rebuild an energetic trust and rapport with yourself so if you can tell when your partner or kid or friend hasn't slept they haven't eaten they're cranky or they're angry you'll know what you know what's causing them pain but do you know what's causing you pain like when your emotion is up or down how well That's do you so know true that? yeah yeah and, and it's rebuilding that trust because when you show up for yourself constantly and look these are all buzzwords you know it's like oh show up for yourself tell me how to do that like you know what does that even mean? I want to bust so much of this buzzword stuff that goes on. It's like, how do you show up for yourself? How you show up for yourself is actively inquire. Why do I feel like this? You know, um, mm. what does it remind me of? Does it remind me of another time or another memory? Does it remind me of a friend of mine? Does it remind me of my uncle or aunt or whatever it is? Um, and to sit with ourselves, our emotions are really, really um, basic. You know, they're yeah. very, very um and when we learn an emotion for the very first time um we just do a copy and paste of that for the rest of our life so it's actually very primitive and we have to we mm. have no words for it you know kids don't have a word to put onto their emotions when they get cranky and they cry and they pull at your leg and you ignore them the, the sound gets louder your emotions are the same when you don't acknowledge an emotion the the dial goes up it gets turned up and when yeah. you start to show up for yourself and ask yourself, why do I feel this way? And you don't have to have the answers. All you have to do is show your energetic self that you're going to keep showing up and, and want to get to know it and listen to it. The dial gets turned down. And that's, you know, again, it's a process, but it's possible to do. 
Um, and then the third part of what I do is interpretation of our world to show you what what does a mirror mean? Like everybody goes, oh, that's a mirror. Like, what does that mean? Tell me how I use that. <laughs> and um, is this all part of your navigation um, system that you teach? Yeah, this is the three pillars that I use mm-hmm. with my soul navigation. And it starts by do, by using astrology to show the person who they are and they're not. And then from there we go on to it's it, a lot of it is it's it's so interesting because people know what to do. They've just been so conditioned to not trust themselves that they don't know how to make the right choices. And when you learn this system, you can move forward and start relying on yourself for the answers. Like imagine having a question to something and being able to rely on yourself and not needing anybody else to answer that question. Like that's empowering, Deborah, isn't it? That is just, you know, the ultimate. And where can people find out more about you and this navigation system that you that you offer? So uh, my website is Deb- uh, is just uh, Deborah J. Kelly. So D-E-B-O-R-A-H-J-K-E-L-L-Y.com. Uh, I'm all over social media um, at the moment, Facebook and Instagram anyway, at Deborah J. Um, and I'll link, plan- I will link you in to this podcast anyway, yeah, so anyone can thanks. find you. Yeah. And I'm planning to exit social media soon. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I want, I want out. I want out of the treadmill. It's so not healthy. So until I figure out my way, my escape plan, that's that's where I'm. That's at. where you'll be. Yeah, uh, Deborah, it's been such an absolute pleasure to talk to you. As a final note, what what do all women need to know? Do you think? I would absolutely adore. If I could do one thing on this planet and die a happy woman and know that I've been able to change generations ahead, it's to be able to show people how to turn themselves around and face themselves. Because when they do that, everything else falls away. You'll have so much more fulfillment in your own life, in your relationships. It's, it's knowing that you're facing the wrong way and you're externally, externally searching for your answers. When you know how to turn around and come home to yourself, everything will change for you. And it's just having, just having the, the curiosity even about that. Just have curiosity. How can, I, how can I change this? Is there another way? And how can I come home to myself? Oh, Deborah, I think yeah just to end on that it's amazing how can I come home to myself I'm gonna go and yeah think about that one myself oh this has been so insightful thank you so much and thank you for your time it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much it was lovely it's it's so lovely to be able to have somewhere to share my wisdom as well and you're a star so I really really appreciate oh I, I just like I could talk to you for hours but um yeah this has been amazing thank you so much Deborah have a lovely thank day everyone take care bye